This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Play Tessie, episode 18. It is December 22nd. If you are listening on Drop Day, it is the Johnny Damon, Shane Victorino, and Daisuke Matsusaka episode. Hopefully, Daisuke Matsusaka was someone that was talking to a, a pitcher that is still out there, but might possibly be gone. Uh, one person on this podcast was very pessimistic about this week, and that is because this is the official podcast of Tats and Lats. That's right, it is Jared Carabas joining us on the official Red Sox podcast of WEEI, home of the Boston Red Sox. Uh, we got Gordo, Sammy, Pat, myself, Coop, and a special guest, Jared. What's up? How you doing? I've never heard tats and lats before. Like, I feel like I'm going to have to steal that now. <laughs> Go for it. You throw yeah. that on the Twitter bio. Man. Yeah, I mean, you've earned it. Like you've really earned it. <laughs> so, like, I, I guess that's like first topic. You got a bunch of tattoos. What's your favorite? Let's just I do. Oh, yeah. Icebreaker. Tattoo. I feel like I feel like that's like an answer that everyone should have in the can. I don't know if I have a favorite. Is that because they're all like blunt? I know that you have the one arm that is all uh, Pink Floyd. Albums, yeah, like correct? from the elbow down on the left is all Pink Floyd. The elbow up onto the chest is all different family members. And then the entire right sleeve is just stuff that like I I gave my tattoo artist just a general idea of what I wanted. I was like, just do like graveyard, like dark, like horror movie stuff. And then like I would go and sit at his parlor for six hours not knowing what he was putting on my body is that like kind of like a cathartic thing like you're just kind of like yeah i need this right now kind of yeah like i just go there like i was like i know i want a second sleeve i don't necessarily like this is all meaningful i was like i i don't necessarily need every tattoo to mean something so he i was like just do like dark like demonic shit go ahead and then like i would just sit there for six hours and then like at the end of it he'd be like do you like it i'm like yep that was it. God damn. Yeah. So, I, have like, one, I have I have one on my shoulder for my mom that I like a lot. Oh, shout out Ellen. Shout out Ellen. She's great. Just came She's... from her house. She made shrimp scampi tonight. Ooh. Does she still I know that like way, way back. I like I for those listening, big fanboy. Like I'll <laughs> I'll put that out there. I guess I'm a big J now that I have like the credential every you once do. in a while. Uh so I guess I have to put that bias out there. I, I'm an OG listener of section 10. Um so like I know that she used to do your laundry still. She uh, she doesn't anymore. Okay, that's a big step. But she did up until like a few months ago. Like she was definitely she like when I when I lived in Saugus, she came to my apartment and did my laundry there. And then when I lived in Fenway, she wouldn't drive into Boston. So I used to like New York City, how I used to do it in New York City, where 
you would just put it in like this big ass laundry bag and then like you would have like a wash and fold come pick it up and then they would wash it bring it back and now i would just put my laundry in these laundry bags and then bring them to my parents house and then she would do the laundry there and then i would take it back uh but now i just i i have someone else do it like i have like a person that like cleans my house she's awesome okay she's just like yeah so she'll come i asked her one time like so there's a language barrier she's brazilian she speaks zero english and there was one time where like i needed to change my sheets and i was like hey i was like i know you don't do laundry but can you like can you wash my sheets just this one time she's like yeah no problem and ever since then she's washed every everything like she'll wash like the towels every like all my clothes like everything and then she'll I mean, whatever was bed. on those sheets i'm sure that's a big icebreaker uh, 100 yes yeah. so if it's like a, hey i need these cleaned like real quick yeah that story yeah. tells itself right so now we're like we're super close so okay. so she does my laundry it's an so bond. respect when i see you 100 uh, yeah <laughs> so go from section 10 originally barstool section 10 starting nine you link up with dallas Braden. you move on to DraftKings, host of name redacted host mm. of baseball is dead how much do you care about like the red sox i want to like you have a train like you know uh-huh. the whole train uh analogy where like it's like the whole uh you can either have like the train go kill a bunch of people you can have the train kill one person i did not know this analogy but i'm listening. okay it's uh <laughs> modern it's thing awesome. Isn't it like you know um, the one person though something like that like it's someone you know yep I don't know. So, so it's yeah. like kill your mom or kill 50 All right, we're people. not going to throw Ellen on the tracks. Jesus. We're going to throw, <laughs> throw Wally on the tracks. This is the quickest okay. we've Wally. ever gotten into murder. We're Wally on the tracks yeah, real quick. Less quick than five yeah, we just say in. pick one, like normal human beings. I feel like that's All pretty right. standard. Pick one. What pick between like what? Baseball is dead or name redacted? Uh, yeah. So I was going to say like Barstool era versus like current era. Because you've kind of talked about how like Barstool really helped you mold yourself into something that you could put yourself on a platform. Yeah. But you're now so looking at, and like, of course it's like one or the other, but right now you are getting to do whatever you really want to do and be creative because you know that you have a little bit more backing and maybe you aren't a little bit more afraid to take a risk at something. Uh, Would you like agree with that? Would you choose one or the other? Or is it more of like one is a baby and I like can't really let it go? Like it's a difficult question, but like, I'm very curious about that because you do kind of have two unique chapters going on with your coverage of the Red Sox for sure. And and we've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, And you are the same, you are doing the same type of coverage, but I think there are two different things going on where Barstool was one entity that was maybe a little bit different where DraftKings is another entity that's a little bit different. So I don't look at it as a barstool thing and a DraftKings thing. Like I look at it as like when I was in middle school and high school, I knew based on which friends I had in that class and what teacher was teaching that class, what I could get away with and like how far I could push the limit with like trying to make people laugh in that class. And that's kind of like the dynamic with some of these podcasts now is like section 10. Like I knew I could be like the class clown. Like I knew I could like say things that I knew would make Steve and Coley laugh that may not necessarily make Tyler laugh. So like me and Tyler still have a lot of fun and he's very funny in his own right, but he's just, 
he has a different brain than Coley and Steve. And like the sense of humor is different. So like, I, I get it when people are like, Oh, like, you know, you're different now on this compared to that. It's like, well, like I have to cater to my dancing partner, you know, like if they don't know that dance move, then I can't, I can't bust out that dance move because it's going to look awkward. So with like starting nine to baseball is dead. Like baseball is dead. And I've said this before, it's everything that I wanted starting nine to be like baseball is dead has that section 10 feel to it where we have inside jokes. Like we have bits. Uh, Dallas is looser now. Um, like Jay Hay is a, I'm so happy. He's back by the way, everyone. I, like He's the best that rocked. Yeah. He's the best. So having Jay Hay back, like in the beginning when we did starting nine, Jay Hay was the producer who chimed in sometimes. And I was like, you're, better than that like you like i mean i'm not saying like you know like producers are, are subhuman I'm the just guy's saying, got like, nuggets though yeah like jay hay is like so smart and intelligent and well-spoken and and everyone loves his takes so we kind of just like took that off his plate like don't worry so much about the structure of the show just like when i kick it to you like i just trust that i can pass him the ball and he's he's gonna he's gonna make it 10 times out of 10 and then adding joey like he was one of my favorite baseball youtubers like people will ask me all the time like what other baseball podcasts do you listen to? And I don't listen to other baseball podcasts because I don't want to subconsciously take ideas from other podcasts. Like if I take ideas from other podcasts, they're completely different genres. Like I, I'm remodeling this studio right now because like I've been watching like, like a lot of like Theo Vaughn's podcasts. I'm like that just looks more relaxed. Like it looks like it looks better, more like aesthetically pleasing. Like if you're gonna watch it on YouTube, so like I'm remodeling to kind of like have that feel. Um, like I listen to like, or, or I watch Logan Paul's podcast. I watch, uh, Kirk Minahan's podcast. I don't like, if I consume baseball content, it's on YouTube and Joey was one of my favorites, but his YouTube is not comedic. Like when I brought no, him it's just in straight informative, it's yeah, sick. like I thought I was bringing in like a weird brain, which he is most undoubtedly a weird brain, but he's fucking hilarious. Like I did not know that he was that funny when I brought him on to do the podcast. So baseball is dead is everything that I wanted starting nine to be that it just simply never was name redacted. The difference between name redacted and section 10 is it's just, it's completely different members. Like it's me, but like my dynamic with Tyler is so different from my dynamic with Stephen Coley. And I think it's not necessarily like one is better than the other. I think it's more so like, what style do you like better? And I think Tyler is also getting to a place now where he had, he was, uh, he cut his teeth in the radio business, which is very different from podcasting. And I like the same thing happened with Dallas. When Dallas first started, it's like, you know, TV, you know, segments and podcasting is different. And over time, Dallas has morphed into uh, like one of the best baseball podcasters. Tyler coming from radio. It's like come up for air every now and then. Like this is like it's a flowing conversation. It's it's volleying back and forth. It's not like I go, you go, I go, you go for 20 minutes at a time. And he's gotten awesome at that. Like he's uh, like you can see from last year compared to this year, all the improvements that he's made. Um so like if I had to pick one or the other, I, I I don't know, I don't know that I could pick like they're all like I would like, starting nine is fourth, <laughs> like I can okay. easily put put starting nine fourth. Um, That's what because I was about like my follow up real quick was going to be I missed the starting nine live show. 
That that was that fun was great. Brian Wilson. That was ahead of its time. It was like but, so off the rails that it was so entertaining. Yes, like that show was ahead of its time. And for anyone that doesn't know, like we did a digital show in 2017 with me, Dallas, and Brian Wilson, where we had the highlight rights and we would just like put funny commentary over like the top nine highlights from MLB that night. That show was great. Like I, I miss doing that. But the podcast was too stiff and like segmented and too buttoned up, I think. Um, but yeah, baseball is that is awesome. I have a blast doing that show. And I still love doing name redacted. Like it's, it's not section 10. And I feel like I have a hard time with that as well as the listeners. Like the listeners obviously want section 10, but then once like, I think this off season, like we've been doing interviews every single week and people are like, we love the interviews and it's a different, it's a different like flavor. Like it's a different, it's like the same genre, but just like, I don't know. It's all like, I don't even know what the comparison would be. Um, like if you were talking about like a rock band, like not every rock band has like a similar sound. It's the same genre. It just sounds different. It would be like Garth Brooks when he did his, he did like an alternative rock phase, didn't he? Like he did country and then he has, like if you look up Garth Brooks, like. But that's like different rock. genres. Yeah, like that's what I, I still but think it's like. That's true. You're still in the same baseball sphere. Yeah, it's like it's like the Foo Fighters, Nirvana and Queens of the Stone Age. It's like you're you're getting Dave Grohl no matter what, but it's those are three completely different sounds. And that's, I think, what I would compare it to. That's fair. That's fair. Good answer there. Um, so my follow-up was, I don't know, if what do you guys have next? What do you got cooking? I'll, I'll, I'll ask you one, Jared. I mm. feel like one of the reasons so many people gravitate to you is because you sort of open the door in like a traditional and in like an old school space like baseball has just always been that way. And you sort of open the door in the media space to be like prominent while not checking your fandom at the door. And like when I was a kid, when I was in high school, like I didn't have any dreams of being in the media because I just didn't think that that was something that I could do or even or wanted to do. I just could you talk about your journey there and sort of how you blazed that trail? Because you were really I know you talk about Bill Simmons, but like in baseball, like being a baseball centric guy, you were the first one and it really has taken off since then. I feel like so many people try to sort of emulate your model. And I'm just curious how you had the confidence to do that and what it was like at the time. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I, it was a lot of arrogance and a lot of just conviction where I did have a plan B, but I didn't believe in my plan B. Like I got a, a degree in business and I worked at like a SEO search engine optimization firm but I was at that job for 10 months before I left and went full time at Barstool. That so sounds like, incredibly thrilling, by the way. It was <laughs> awful. The only good part about it was that my boss was a season ticket holder, diehard Red Sox fan. So anytime that there was a day game, he let me sit in his office and watch the games with him. Um, so at least we had that going for us. But like for me, I don't know. Like in a, in a, in, a, in a, like, I don't know, not to sound like, overconfident but i it just felt like destiny like when i started doing it it just every year like something crazy would happen every single year like from when i was 16 like every year i feel like i would take another step and be like it can't not happen like how could it not happen like it felt like um you know like from starting the blog and then starting the website 
and then writing the book and then being on Nessun. It just every year there was something where I could look back and say, I know we took a huge step forward this year. So at no point other than 2012, which was awful, <laughs> at no point did I look back on my year and say, we didn't take a huge step forward. Like if I hit a roadblock, maybe I would have had some self doubt, but like, you know, one of the things I always tell people that, you know, they want to do it for a, a career or a living. I'm like, you know, you got to have patience. I didn't make a dime for eight years. I did it for eight years for zero dollars. And you have to want it that bad, which I did. And I saw progress every single year. So that was enough for me. Like I wasn't looking at it as like, hey, this is going to be my path to making a ton of money. It was like, can I wake up every day and not want to kill myself? Basically, like if I if I made 30 grand a year doing it, then that's what I would have done. I would have been like, okay, like at least I love what I do and I'm getting paid for it. And like, I'm grateful for that. So like when I started at Barstool, I was making 500 bucks a month and I was pumped. I was like, I can't believe I'm, someone's giving me money to do this. So the, to, to the you know point about like the path and the blueprint, um, like I, I talk about Bill Simmons sometimes, but really it was it was Dave. Like no one was doing it in the baseball space, but all I needed to know was that it was being done somewhere. And uh when I talk about arrogance, I'm I, maybe I just kind of mean more like defiance where I would get these people that would say, well, you're just a fan. And like, why would anyone want to, you know, read a fanboy or whatever? And it's such an easy retort. Like, why would I give a shit about what you have to say? <laughs> you're telling me you don't even care about these subjects that you're covering. Why do I care about what you have to say? So when people ask me for like advice, like, you know, like what, what can advice can you give me? I'll just say like, I create content that I would want to consume. That's it. And, and when people come out and say like, Oh, like this sucks or I don't like it or whatever. I don't care. Like, I know that like, you're never going to make everyone happy. That's impossible. Like you're going to, if you can build an audience, if you're lucky enough to build an audience, you need to think about these people like what I do. I need to keep these people happy. There are going to be people that are like, fuck that. Like this sucks. And what else is there? Or you're not any good. I don't care what you think. Like no one is universally liked. No one has a 100% approval rating. Nobody, even the nicest people like the rock. People will find something bad to say about Dwayne, the rock Johnson, nicest dude, most popular Vin guy. Diesel would. It, point, Vin point, Diesel. Right? Exactly. Yeah. They're, like there, so there cool. will be people who will find something bad to say about anybody or anything. So all I focus on is putting out a product that if I weren't doing this for a living, would I tune into this? Would I think that this is funny? Would I think that this is interesting? That's what I do. So <clears throat> luckily enough, like, you know, you, you, like I was right place, right time where, you know, you have the explosion of podcasts and digital media that didn't even really exist when I first started. Like I was there from the, from day one, really with social media and YouTube and podcasts and everything. So it was right place, right time. And that defiance of, I don't care if you like this or not, I like it. And if I like it, then other people, will, it, when they find it, will like it too. And I will continue to try and please those people. And if you don't like it, find something else. I don't care. Like, that's your prerogative. 
So Jared, Gordo just mentioned you don't check your fandom at the door. So my question is, when a move happens like Juan Soto to the Yankees, as Red Sox fans, fuck, this is terrible. The Yankees just got Juan Soto. But as a baseball content creator, this is big news. Yankees are a big money team. Good for the game, you could say. What's your reaction like when you get a move like that? Uh, there's a war going on in my brain at all times because <laughs> like I, I know I have to think about it that way. Um, I think I think that it's changed because the Red Sox are not good. Like I, you play to the to the to the situation, right? Like if the Red Sox just had or were in the process of having this monster offseason, then the Red Sox are more at the forefront than the national story. Like people look at me as Red Sox fan, but you know, national MLB guy. But if the Red Sox are a bigger story, then I can play the Red Sox angle. Like right now, the Red Sox are on the back burner. Like they are, uh, I don't want to say irrelevant, but dangerously close to it. And that sucks because I know that when they're on top, like it's so much fun for me and there's so much more that I can do. And it's so much more beneficial for my career when the Red Sox are good. But when they're not, it's like, you know, people, I, I, I think someone had re- responded to me when I, I, I think I, I sent out a tweet after the trade and I was just like, good for the Yankees. You know, like they, they had one bad year and they went out and traded for Juan Soto. Like the Red Sox have had three last place seasons out of four years and we're still waiting for one move. So like good for the Yankees. And someone was like, I miss the old Jared that would have like clowned on the like, clown on the Yankees for what? Like they just it's, traded it's, for Juan Soto. Like, what am I supposed to say? And I have no, I have nothing to stand on here. Like, it's being Red, self-aware. Like, yeah. Like it, it, yeah. I think if you're, if you're trolling at that point, that is desperation. Like, and I think when people say, oh, you do this for clicks, they don't really know what clicks are. Like in our world, clicks are like downloads. Or if you write a blog and people click on that, then you have clicks. Like what the, what the fuck do I care about? Twitter impressions so yeah. I can make $37 next month. Like who gives a shit? Like, I don't care about click. Like I'm not going to have like a, 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 a click baity take on Twitter for clicks like that. That doesn't make sense. Like click, like doing something for clicks is like, if I had John Morosi on baseball is dead after he fucked up the uh, Otani report, like that's, Oh, you're doing this for clicks. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I need to pay <laughs> yeah. the bills this month. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but. Yeah. Enjoy this content. It's going to keep you like occupied. Right. Like that's doing it for clicks. Um, yeah. I don't do things for clicks. Like if I tweet something that's like trolly, like I, it's like something that I said out loud and I was like, that was fucking funny. Like it made me laugh. So then I tweet it. Like that's it. Like I'm not, I'm not intentionally trying to make people mad. I'm trying, like if you're mad about it, then it's like, all right, this joke doesn't apply to you. There's no, there's nothing that I'm going to put out there. Like when Ben Verlander said that like Shohei Otani is the most important signing in Dodgers that's history. That's tough. And Ooh. that pissed off everyone. Like I'm everyone never going to say something. Everyone and their mother was tweeting about that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say anything that's going to piss off everyone. I will say something that will piss off maybe one fan base, but the other 29 are going to laugh at it because it's funny. That's, yeah, that's a difference. So quick question. Mm-hmm. Besides pissing off fan bases, pissing off players. Mm-hmm. Or, or it did suck. He did suck. <laughs> I mean, he, he sucked. He sold a hundred. What are you talking about? That caused so many problems for me last year. And it yeah. like was such a turnoff. Like it was such a turnoff. Uh, 
Like it made me not even really like I was very like on top of being in last place. I was like, I don't even really like this team. Like I, yeah. like I it, it was a weird spot to be in because it became so personal with guys that weren't even Caleb Ort. And I just was like this. I don't know. I was, like, was it just people like people in the clubhouse looking for gripes? No, it was just, just Josh Winkowski being a fucking <laughs> asshole. He was just being an asshole. But it's just it's just so crazy because it was such a nothing burger situation. You were literally just saying something obvious in a joking way. Yeah. And it and it and it did make even less sense because in theory you were the only one supporting him before. Correct. Like it was it was a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like yeah. everyone hated that dude. Everyone thought that he sucked. I was the only person that was like sarcastically rooting for him because I didn't want to say that he sucked. And then he blocked me. So I was like, all right, fuck you then. And then I was like, hey, you do suck. And then he that took pissed the first off shot. other guys. Yeah, that pissed off other guys. And I was like, well, then fuck you too. I, I, I just, I don't know what they want from me. You know, like I, I'm not going to be like, I'm a Red Sox fan. I want the team to win. I will root for players that I think are good people. And if they're, if they're good players or whatever. But if you suck, like someone, someone over there won't say who, but they were like, it just, it just felt personal. And I was like, it is personal it is. because my you, life you don't understand this is my mental health here yeah like my life revolves around this team win or lose like that depends like that that dictates my mood that day yeah, so if you're relatable. so bad that every time you're in the game you're either blowing it or you're in the game because it's already over you're that bad yeah like I, it is personal to me so do so, you think uh and that kind of brings me back to the question that i asked before where you have these two different eras and really pre 2018, like the Red Sox, they were good, but they would never get to the like that finish line. And there were always guys that you could pick on. And I think that's why people also associate. And that, like I was guilty of that. Like I used to love when you would go after Clay Drew. That, that would yeah. rock because mm-hmm. that was a little bit of therapy for me that week. Mm-hmm. But you look at like where the Red Sox had kind of gone. 2018 was a crystal clear year. There mm-hmm. wasn't anyone to gripe about, but there was a story to talk about. And you move on to like this era and it's a weird thing to look at so i i like i get why people would think that way and like do you look at what's going to be on the plate this year are you wondering whether it's going to be another year of that are we looking ahead too far or is there still much off season left Um, like are we going to have a fun year it doesn't feel like it does it no 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 and like Someone tweeted me today and said, oh, like Jared Shaughnessy is back at it again. I'm like, don't fucking loop me in with Dan Shaughnessy, who I like, by the way. I like Dan Shaughnessy. That's a big step. Dan openly hopes and roots for the Red Sox to fail. I don't want the Red Sox to fail. Like, my life is so much better when the Red Sox are good. But I am going to bitch and moan and complain when they're bad because it, it feels like to me that they're like the younger Red Sox fans are just too happy. Go lucky. Like they see Casas and Bayo and Duran. And then they see Teal coming and Meyer coming and Anthony. And they're like, well, the future is bright. And I'm like, well, I want them to be good now. Like I-, I get that you can be excited about the future, but that's not right now. So after two last place finishes, I'm going to bitch and moan if this team isn't better, like I, I like waiting an entire calendar year is a long time to, to wait for a team to be better. Like if in the thing about baseball, there's 162 games. So if you're sitting there in April and you're like, we still got 
140 of these to go and you know that they're bad. I don't, if you're not a 162 guy, you'll never understand how miserable that truly is because if they're bad, I still have to watch every single game. Even if it wasn't my job, I would sit there and watch 162 baseball games, all nine innings. Like even like last year was the first year that I kind of like slightly took my my foot off the gas and all i meant by that is that i i would go on a date and put a fucking earbud in my ear and then text will fleming and be like hey can you be a little bit more descriptive tonight i can't watch but i am listening (laughs) like that is taking my foot off the gas is like being on a date looking like a like a super agent or something like that and that's why it drives me nuts when people are like oh you know like you're just being negative I am no, because you know you're you know what is in the future right there. Yeah, I just want them to be good, and I don't want to sit through another bad season. Like it's so mo- it's not fun. And when you do this for a living, you do this for a job, like especially someone like me, where like fans will turn to name redacted to be like, tell me how to feel about this. Like I, I my my emotions are all over the place. How do I feel about this? And if I'm trying to like be like, hey everything's still great. Like you're a fraud. Like if, if it, like you, I'm just going to tell it like it is because I don't want to be the guy that, cause I, I think last year people, Oh, you're on John Henry's payroll. Oh, cause I do a show on Nesson 360. Like really like that, like this, this little tiny part of like my, like I'm not a full-time employee. No one tells me what to do. No one tells me what to say. I say what I want. I say what I feel. And so it was just, Oh, I was all over the place with people. Like if I said something positive, you're on John Henry's payroll. If I say something negative, oh, you're a negative Nancy. Like you're turning into the next Shaughnessy. There was no winning with anything that I said last year. I I had zero fun last season. And I will again, lose that's, my Again, that's mind. like the players looking for a scapegoat. That's just fans yeah. looking for a scapegoat at that yep. point. Pretty much. Yeah. So my question kind of perfectly plays off of that. What is going through your mind last year at Winter Weekend when you were on stage for John Henry's public execution? Yeah, because that. like playing off of that, like you're right, like we have a right to be pretty fucking mad. Mm-hmm. But when you're like right there next to John Henry when that's going down, mm-hmm. I I don't know how you composed yourself. I would have either not like froze, not know what to say, or just died laughing. Like I don't know what I would have done in your shoes. Yeah. Uh... It was uncomfortable, yeah. but like I'm sitting directly next to Cora. So like I'm looking at buffer. him being you like, a buffer. they're not booing us. Like, <laughs> I know, like, I, like they're well, mad. Also, but they led you yeah. in that way. I don't like it went like Jared, Cora, Sam, John, then TC. Like they were like, get the applause out right now. That's I don't doubt that that was intentional. Um, like I was a human shield sacrifice for, for the people that hey, were you died me. You died for a better believe it. I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, it was very uncomfortable. Um, I mean, I, I just, I didn't feel like that bad because I, I it wasn't for me. Like I, I, I was just, uh, I was a patsy. I was just, I was along for the ride and I tried to do my best with asking questions that, the fans wanted to actually hear answered, um, which I was told to their credit. They were like, you can ask anything that you want, just like nothing personal. And I was like, what personal questions 
could I possibly ask up here? Like, yeah, I, Linda's I, got I'm, those yam bags. Yeah, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out there and ask, like, hey, John Henry, like, you know, about like, you, you know, you're like, like, what did what did Felger say? He was like talking about like, you know, when when uh when Tito, when they wrote about Tito in the newspaper, and they were oh. talking about like his marriages and stuff, and then Felger mm. was like, oh, how about we get into your marriage? Um, I, I would never <laughs> go there. I would never go there. So I was like, okay. Like if I have the thumbs up to ask questions that are baseball specific, I mean, they're not, I, I can't imagine that you're going to love me asking them, but I'm going to ask them. And, and that's the direction that we went. Um, so, I mean, I didn't feel, I didn't feel that uncomfortable because I think we expected booze. I didn't think we expected them the entire time. Uh, there were people that were just like yelling stuff. Like that was the only time that I felt bad was when Haim was trying to talk. And people were like screaming over him trying to talk. And he would like uh, stop. Yeah. Like it was, it was very eight miley. It was very yeah, like yeah. you're up on stage. And Mom's he, spaghetti. Yeah. It was a lot of that. <laughs> and I, yeah. So, I mean, I hope that doesn't happen again this year. Uh, but I don't even think that they're doing a town hall. I haven't heard anything about it. They say it's like they, a welcome event. I don't know. They've we, only we announced all... the players so far, right? Hopefully that? that list isn't finished. Yeah, Hopefully. and prospects are now invited this year too. That's cool. But yeah. We we had all met each other for the well, not Coop and Pat, but like I met these guys for the first time, like literally at that event, and we're like sitting next to each other, and it was just so uncomfortable. I remember looking at these guys, like I, I'm just meeting you guys, but like, what the hell is going on here? Like, yeah. oh my god, like I can't yeah. believe some of the shit I'm seeing. I yeah. was maniacally laughing. I was just like looking because, like Gordo said. We all met for the first time. I'm sitting between like Gordo and Sammy, and I'm kind of like giving him side eyes. I'm like, this is a little fucking excessive, right? And this is more than we bad. thought it was going to be. Well, the worst yeah. was John Henry. Uh, he should have just no sold the crowd. You can't respond to hecklers. That's like the worst thing you can possibly. And he did it like two or like three times. Like, I can't times. hear you. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was tough. That was a tough look. Like, you can't hear, hear me? you. Like, ugh, cringy. Yeah. yeah. Cringy. Yeah. He was a last minute ad. I, when I was asked to do it, he was not a part of it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Ooh. So that was kind of like maybe an hour beforehand. Um, we were in the green room and they were like, John's John's going to do it, too. And I was like, <laughs> John Henry. <laughs> yeah. Fuck he is. Yeah. You, you OK with that? I was like, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be, gonna be like his like decision type thing, right? Like he's just like, you know what? Tonight's the night. Like, I, yeah, no, there's no way me. that someone approached him and said, hey, do you want to do it? Like, that's going to be him saying. All right, you know, I gotta face the music here. And, and he like did. it's the same. Yes, I, I feel like it's the same thing. And weirdly, that was like the first thing I listened to after that trip was over. We went to like our my now fiance's New Hampshire or her parents' New Hampshire house. And like I just sat down. I'd never heard that John Henry interview with Felger. I was like, they say that he used to be all fiery. And like I didn't listen to radio at all back then. And I went back and listened to it. And like, yeah, Felger asked that weird question, but like he would just, I mean, he was com combative with, with two of the best. It was crazy. And you just don't see anything like that now. Yeah. I mean, I think at that point, you know, he's been here since 2002 and you know, the Red Sox were his, his, his a one back then. And now it's just like, he's got so many different businesses that it's, it's like, if you have, 
it's like if you have like five different Twitter accounts that you're running like different uh, like personalities under all of them. And it's like, oh, man, I'm getting cooked on this one. Anyways, I'm just going to switch to this account. Like he can just do that. Be like, all right, I'm Penguins guy now. And like, do you guys love me? All right, cool. And then you go over to uh, the, what was it, the soccer team? Liverpool. Liverpool. Like, he can go over there. They're pissed at him over there too. And then he can just switch back to, you know, PGA or whatever it is. Like he can just exist in whatever universe he chooses. Um, but that night he chose to exist in the Red Sox one. And it was uh, uh, quite probably quite never again. <laughs> yeah, that might be his swan song. Yeah. Huh. Well, okay, Jared, I got to ask. The other day I had a... Uh, an interesting tweet in mm-hmm. which I advocated for you going to Fenway. I saw that. was supposed to go yeah. and being part of the pitch. Now, of course, it was a little bit tongue in cheek, but you know, I had to keep doubling down. It was getting a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. If that were to happen, yeah, what would your pitch be? What would you talk about through the translator? Just give me the give me the brief of it. So, I'll preface it by saying this. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was at the Nike store and then I went to, uh, I went to lunch. Um, and <laughs> I'm just like looking at my phone and like my girlfriend's there and she's like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, I, she doesn't fall <laughs> sports at all. Like doesn't like, I mean, she, I guess she's like kind of like a football fan, but like, you know, she, it's like a thing to do on Sundays. Like she's just not a sports person. And I was like, I don't even know how. I would begin to describe like leading up to what I just read. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to break it down for you so that, I, that you would understand this humor. Um, so I'm like, so that's when I tweeted out. I was like, wh- I was like, what did I miss? I'm going to Japan or something. <laughs> so uh, I think my pitch would be. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. That, well, first of all, I think I would go the visual route more so than the speech route. Like I would show him the 1999 all-star game, Pedro Martinez on the mound. And I would show him different Pedro moments at Fenway Park where it's like, hey, you know, if if this is what you want, 
you want to be the face of a team. You want to be the face of a city. Uh, Tom Brady's gone. Big Poppy's gone. Uh, Bergeron's gone. And I mean, like Tatum's still here, but like, you know, the big three's gone. Like you have a wide open lane to be not just the face of the Red Sox, but the face of the city of Boston and show him all these different Boston sports moments where like the parades, the, how many people show up for those things. Uh, I would show him uh, Daisuke Matsuzaka pitching. I would show him Koji recording the final out at Fenway park in 2013 for that world series. Like, Hey, not only uh, I would show him the 2021 wildcard game because he asked about the rivalries with the Yankees. Like, Oh, who are your rivals? So he's into that. Show him Red Sox Yankees clips. Show him uh, the the wild card game from 2021. How loud Fenway Park was that night. That's what I would do. I think it, it would be less hearing it from me and more here are the moments that you need to see. That if you're as good as they say you are, not only can you be a part of these moments, but you can directly create these moments moving forward. Um, because that was what he was kind of saying. Like, I want to be the star. I want to be the face. All right. Well, if you go to LA, you're not even the the most famous Japanese born baseball player on that team. If you go to the Bronx, uh, you're, you're Garrett Cole's the ace of that staff. Not you. Aaron judge is the face of that franchise. Not you. So, you can, Not to mention Boone's bragging about a uh, Yankee Stadium playoff atmosphere where they are sub 500 in the past yeah. 10 years. It's, like, Which cool. is, it's, it's loud at first pitch for sure. And then and I give it three innings for the cycle and you're losing <laughs> 16 to one. Um, so that's that's kind of how I would do it is I would show him. I, I wouldn't explain to him. I would show him. And I think if you picked some of the more recent um, Boston sports slash Red Sox moments like they're recent enough. Uh, I don't know how you don't get goosebumps. Like here's a historical ballpark. Show him like Ted Williams played here. Like show him all of the all the history of Fenway. Uh, and then, have him read the uh, what was it, the 2013 blog? Yeah, 2013 blog. Yeah, just sit, just sit that down in front of him and be like, all right, buddy, read there right you go. There. Here's read an assignment. Yeah, have him do that. Uh, yeah, it would definitely be a very visually aided uh presentation to Yamamoto and and if he didn't if he wasn't moved by that which I said I said on name redacted last night that from what I'm told the he was very engaged during their presentation um when they did meet with him so I mean if you know the Red Sox they may not always be good at baseball, but they are awesome at visual presentations. <laughs> so like anytime they nobody, do a nobody loves to welcome back video oh, like them. Visual oh. presentation 23. It's yeah. good though, because like in my head, when I was hearing about them meeting, I'm thinking of like John Henry talking like a wet noodle. Being like, God, oh, no. God. I, don't, I don't even know if he was there. He Maybe was he was. Hired. I don't know. Yeah. No way to know. <laughs> Would yeah. you give him his own number 18 Red Sox jersey like the Yankees oh. have been doing? Or is that just no way, no way. Cannot do that. Fucking insane. <laughs> what do you mean? Why wouldn't you give him 18? That's what I'm just saying. It's like, over the top. The second the he top. was a free agent, Cashman and Boone are like, we intentionally well, I knew didn't that. give it out. That's corny. Like they they're yeah, okay. just that's like, more thought I was asking. Yeah, about. like they they just happen to not issue it. Like there's no way it's not yeah. like, oh, we signed uh, or last last offseason, we traded for Juan Soto, and he's worn 18 his whole career, and we told him no. Like, we kept that right. open for Yamamoto. It's like, you just didn't have a player good enough that asked for it. 
like if you traded or signed a player that wore 18 and they wanted it, you would have given it to them. You're not just yeah. keep like, it's such a lame thing. But yeah, we, we didn't issue it. Okay. You just didn't have someone that wanted it probably. Um, but yeah, I can't off the top of my head. I don't know like who wore 18. Duvall, I feel like that's, that's the Duvall move. all had 18. Duvall. Yeah, Duvall Duvall had 18 last year. Oh, you're talking about like right now. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. I mean like oh. 18 to me is like Damon. Oh yeah. Yeah. This like perfectly encapsulates what the modern Yankees have become like a guy in his varsity high school jacket. Like, <laughs> okay, we're this big team. We've saved 18 for you. Isn't that special? We're the Yankees pinstripes. Yeah. Like, it's so cringe. He should go there and ask for a single digit. Be like, how bad do you really want me? I want to wear number two. Oh, yeah. Give me <laughs> like, dig up I'm tired and I'm yours. <laughs> yeah. Like the other thing though is like, that'd be like Breslow sitting down in that meeting. Be like, just so you know, we're not re-signing Adam Duvall because 18 is yours. Like right. it, it's the same thing. <laughs> we're just like, walk away from Duvall. When right, you man. coincidentally have his number and you're like, just for you with like right. handing it over. It's fucking insane. It's literally it's a coincidence that they're trying. It's almost like they're being dishonest. Like if, if I'm yeah. Yamamoto, I see through that. I'm like, you guys are just lying. You guys are just bullshitting right now. You just had that available. Thanks though. It's yeah. the stocks for Christmas. It's like, this is it. Yeah. This is it. I, yeah. I, I get that you guys are giving me money, but this was, this is the only thing I got the Dodgers. They had hologram Tupac guys. Like, what is this? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Like where where's where where's my like Kobe Bryant video? Like well, that's, like, a, that's a bizarre move. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that was you know wild. what? You know what I thought would have been awesome if. <laughs> uh, so obviously the Kobe Bryant video, as we know, uh, was when he was alive from the first time that um, Shohei was picking a major league team. What the Red Sox should have done is used a video of Mookie Betts from the first recruitment tour and give it oh. to Shohei this time. Oh, if they had Mookie Betts recruit Shohei Otani to the Red Sox from a video that he made in 2017, that would have been genius. That would have been brilliant. Do you think that backfires though? What if Mookie Betts says to come to the Red Sox? Yeah, well, I mean like it's Mookie Betts as a Dodger. Well, he's now no, a no, Dodger. No, so like Ota- but Otani looks at it and he's just kind of like, well, he's a Dodger now, so that's kind of yeah, why but he would have been like, I well, be this, this is how he truly feels. Like Mookie Betts is a That's Dodger, fair. but against his will. It would have been an authentic pitch four years ago, just played now or whatever right. it was. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, that would have been so nice. That should have done that. So we talked about Alex Cora. We did. We talked about how great of a guy he is. He, mm-hmm. he was your buffer next to you. He was your mm-hmm. buddy up on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talked. He, he took some uh, ricochet shots. Today. Yeah, he did. Um Verdugo left town and I think people were like kind of mixed about how he like to feel about him. He was a decent enough player. He wasn't what I think everyone expected him to be. Certainly wasn't the Mookie Betts thing. Like anyone that was expecting anything, idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't leave on the best terms as far as what people thought of him with Alex Cora. And yeah. Alex Cora, like repetitively, good guy Alex Cora, would go on Gresham Fourier. He'd be like, hey. I talked to him. It's stuff that we have to be professional about and everything, but he is like a good kid and he's got a lot of potential and he has a future with this team. I feel like Alex Cora repetitively put his neck out there for the guy. He even went on with Bradfield yesterday and he said he learned a little bit about coaching from Alex Verdugo and he has some takeaways from it. That's not a good thing, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's like a very nice way to say something else. 
So yeah, like I know I now how know how to babysit major leaguers now because right. I had Alex Verdugo. <laughs> yeah, which like it 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 is a slap in the face, but it's also kind of like he does admit that like hey like I I did try and understand you and whatnot. I tried to make that gap, and then Alex Verdugo out of the clouds. This guy's an asshole. Aaron Boone, mm. he'll get himself ejected for me. Like <laughs> is is Alex Verdugo enemy number one now? I don't think he's enemy number one, but like. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, like Aaron Boone is going to get ejected because the umpire cares that you were late or that you didn't hustle. Like, what is Aaron Boone going to protect you from? Like, none of the things that Alex Cora aired you out for are things that Aaron Boone can or will protect you from. Like, he gets ejected to protect his guys. But, like, to to make the notion that Cora doesn't have his players back, I, I said it was bullshit. It is. It's ridiculous. Um, saying like, oh, I'm going to go somewhere where I don't get aired out. Like, did did Brian Cashman not just air out fucking John Carlos Stan for getting hurt? You think they're going to protect you for being late? It's the Yankees, dude. Like, the Yankees are the most buttoned up professional business-like organization in professional sports. You think you can just show up like two hours before first pitch and they're going to be like, oh, yeah. Like, you're not like all due respect because, again, I do like Alex Verdugo. an average player he's an average player and average players have a place in this game you know like there's a lot of below average players average you know like that you can have plenty of average players on a really good team he's an average player you're not good enough to do those things and not face the consequences are there special rules for other players absolutely ever heard of Manny Ramirez like he could shove down traveling secretaries and do all beat up Kevin Euclid in the dugout. Like there's no repercussions for that because he's Manny Ramirez. Like he just did whatever he wanted to do. He was one of the best right-handed hitters of all time. You're Alex Verdugo. Like you don't get to do those things and then get away with it and then complain that your manager punished you for doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Like that does not compute to me. Do you, you think when he talks first, about like, like he's like, I didn't want to be compared to Verdugo or I didn't want to be compared to Mookie Betts, but the fact that he's doing all these things, was there a twin tinge of like, I'm the star of this team. Like they, they traded Mookie Betts for me. There, there has to be a little bit of that deep down in him. And he like acknowledges he is not where he is trying to be Mookie Betts. Like if he's thinking that way now. I think it's the fans fault almost because coming into this year, it was like, oh, it's Alex Verdugo's team. Like that was like a big narrative coming into the season last year which he can easily feed into yeah like when he first got there i remember like you know like when he robbed travis shaw his 100th career home run he was like he was might he did a lot of the mic'd up stuff like he was a personality i think fans liked him and for all the reasons that you should like a player like he looked like he was having fun playing the game uh he brought an energy that i think was lacking here you know like when 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 you hear that stuff about um you know, like the veteran players getting on Casas for sunbathing and shit like that. Like you need a personality like Verdugo that's just going to be like fun and loose and whatever, but you need to be fun, loose and work your ass off and continuously be making forward progress. If you're, you know, the fun, loose guy, but then you're also the guy that is showing up late and not hustling and you're, uh, falling off in the second half every year. And I get, you know, there was an injury last year. Like, well, I mean, yeah, 2022 uh, that we can give him a pass on. But I mean, I I think the Red Sox put a lot of faith in him to not lit. I mean, you're, you were never going to be Mookie Betts. I don't think anyone expected him to be Mookie Betts, but 
I think we certainly expected him to be much better than the player that he turned out to be during his Red Sox tenure. And I don't think that he reached his ceiling. I think that he limited himself. And I think it's very lame to to throw shots at Cora on the way out because it's at the, in the, at the end of the day, it's your fault. Like if you played better, if you were, if you worked harder, you would probably still be here because they would have given you an extension. <laughs> like I, I know that there are definitely people internally that were discussing like, Hey, do we do this or do we not? All right, let's, let's play it out. Like, let's, let's wait to see what happens. And what happened? He just fell off and the, the seven weeks comment. And, and whenever I brought that up, like there were people that were like, Oh, now you're just looking for reasons to dump on Verdugo. No, that was a thing. No. Are you kidding me? If I was that. in that clubhouse, cause I believe at the time they were like two games out of a playoff spot when he said that. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if I've got this dude that's been disciplined twice or multiple times, I don't even know if it was more than twice, uh, for all these things that it just shows like a lack of caring and a lack of effort. And we're two games back of a playoff spot and you're counting down the weeks to when the regular season ends as if like you're 30 games out. <laughs> yeah. I would have a problem with that. Like, I don't think it's piling on. I think it's just being honest and I, I get that fan favorite stuff aside, if if you were a teammate of his and not just a fan of the team, you would feel much differently. Like you would be like, "Time to go, dude." Like it, it didn't work out. Um, you know, don't you don't have to like win, like people people now because of the comments with Cora were you know tr- like trashing on him. I didn't trash on him. I still wish him well. Like I hope that he reaches his potential because I still think that he's much better than what we've seen. But it was time to move on. So how do we think it's going to go in New York? Because on one hand, you could see him flourishing in a diminished role, new market. On the other hand, one negative New York post story that could all go downhill very quickly. How do you feel, Jared? Do you think he's going to be a success there? No, I think I think he's going to hate it there. <laughs> I do. I think he's going to hate it there. And, um, you know, they're, they're the players that are there now, like this group that's existed over the last couple of years, a lot of them probably hate it there. Because once Aaron Judge is your leader and your captain hits 60 plus home runs and then gets booed, like other, like the other players are going to take that personally. Judge may take that as like, hey, man, that's just playing in the Bronx. And like, that's part of it. Like, he's just such like a uh, like a mascot for the Yankees at this point. Like he's bought in for the rest of his career. Like he'll be a lifelong Yankee, so he'll never say the wrong thing. And I get that. But other guys that witness that, probably feel some type of way about it where they band together because they like their teammates and they love Aaron Boone as their manager. But I don't think that a lot of them love playing for the Yankees. Like that draw playing for the Yankees used to be, they have the most money. So if I'm going to go there to get paid, they've won the most championships. I'm going to go there to win my world series because I don't have one. Now there's nothing special about them. And I said this on Twitter and Yankee fans push back and they're like oh yeah there's you know 27 rings what do you mean it's nothing special it's like dude that like 20 of those were from before the kennedy assassination <laughs> so like a couple of them uh pocket watches as well yeah, you so. need like a yeah and a pocket watch yeah, yeah one is an player to relive the glory days if you're a yankees fan yeah like they, there's just nothing special about it like every team has money now they're not the team that you go to to chase a ring it's been a long time since they've won one and I, that's why, like, Kevin, KFC always says, like, I really wish if you could take away any of the 27, it's 09, because it would be, like, two decades since their last one at this point. Um, but I think 
the I think Yankee fan like it's not like the Yankees acquired Alex Verdugo and the response was like fuck yeah we got him it was like oh man so he you know it ended poorly with the Red Sox he's going to a team that he already had a bad relationship with at least the fans when he was with the Red Sox like they threw trash and beer at him yeah. when he was in the outfield <laughs> and now he's on the team no one is super pumped about it. Maybe it's a little bit less now because at the time when they acquired Verdugo, the narrative was, well, does this take them out of the Soto sweepstakes? Like they have both. So maybe like it's, it's less of a, uh, a hole to do with Yankee fans now, but uh, he's going to have a short lead. He's on a one year deal. Like they don't have to love him. That's the thing. Like they're looking at this as we have one year of Alex Verdugo. If it doesn't work out, like we can boo this guy in April. Who cares? He's going to be gone at the end of the year. Like he's not a Yankee. Like he didn't earn his pinstripes. That's how they look at it. I think he'll be miserable next year. He also just shot himself in the foot with another team if they don't want him back because now he's down to 28 teams to sign him, which is like, that's a dumb move. Like just yeah. bite your tongue in situations, dude. Yep. Uh, is the rivalry back then? I mean, like, is he in, is he enough to like have no. Cora like, and I don't Talks think Cora's, do I'm not going to say Cora's the guy to do it, but like first matchup of the year, if Verdugo gets up to the plate, like is someone brushing him back? I think I think Sale would be the guy to do something like that or like Nate. Uh Rick Porcello definitely would have done something oh, like that. Porch they, like would. Yeah, yeah, he would have Dempster. Dempster. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. That would be interesting to see, but I don't know if that I don't know if it brings the rivalry back. Like the Red Sox still have to be good. The Yankees still have to be good. Like I miss when Yeah, like it still could very much be a bum fight. Yeah, it could be. I just miss when we hated players in the Yankees because of how good they are, not because they were a douchebag to your manager. So you just talked about, like, Sox have to be good for this to be, like, a rivalry mm-hmm. and, like, be able to kind of talk shit back. Honestly, like, in your honest opinion, where do you think they go if they lose out in Yamamoto, which I think they will? But just, like, pivot-wise, like, is it another year of, Oh, Rich Hill's back, guys. Or is it like <laughs> Montgomery? Like, what do you think? Um, I so I will I'll read you the text that I read on the podcast. Um I got a text on Monday at 2 54 p.m. From someone you absolutely trust, if I remember. From, from someone that I trust an exponential amount. So the sense I get is the Sox are going to be aggressive here, dot, dot, dot. But if they don't get him, I'm not sure they're going to spend much at all this winter. I don't love that. Can I be <laughs> honest with you? Like Another year of just what we've been like being put through is... Dude, and like the fans are starting to... I'm starting to see people being like, you know, if they punted another year, I'd understand. No, <sighs> no. Who's yeah, saying it, that? Who's going to understand I wish that? I didn't ask that question. This sucks. <sighs> I, well, I, mean, Jared, I, I go ahead. <laughs> you, you asked Maz a question on the pod. I'm going to ask it to you is how many moves away do you think they are from at least being like freaking presentable, at least presentable? Um, four. I <laughs> have four. <laughs> That seems so daunting. Right yeah. now. Make four moves. That seems oh, so teach daunting. Teach just to get one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would love. 
to have two starting pitchers. I would love to have um, a second baseman that is great defensively. Um, I think you just have to you have to go out and get a, a, a not necessarily like a defensive first second baseman, but just someone that you know is going to be there every day because we haven't had that in a long time. Yeah. Having stability up the middle would be great. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about the outfield, but I would like, I, I would like to add some thump somewhere. And I feel like the outfield is the easiest place to do that. Um, Any names in particular? Yeah. Or even like, I feel like DH hole, who can also play outfield. Yeah. I I mean, that's why like I wish they were a little bit more aggressive on Guriel after seeing what it cost. Like yeah. I know that they met with him. Um I don't know that they made an offer, but th- that seems to be kind of a trend is like what's the point of like meeting with a player if you're not actually going to like you're just wasting people's time at that point. Uh, dude, we've been doing it for 3 years. There has to be yeah. some type of point behind it. <laughs> right? PR. So PR. like I would have I would have I mean not that I I don't want to ask Hernandez just because his, his OPS has gone down like the last three years, yeah. but his numbers at Fenway are nuts. Like he he has really good numbers at Fenway. Um, but yeah, just something like that, like a corner outfielder that has some thump because Turner, I don't think, is coming back. I don't even know that they've even called him, to be that's honest. That's crazy to me. Dude is just I don't chilling that's in Boston just like... Where's my call? He's, he's still just like bowling up in Maine, just waiting for a call. He's the ex-girlfriend that's just been like hanging around town, waiting for you to return. And she's like, no, I've, I'm I'm not coming back. I don't I don't know what to tell you, dude. Yeah. It, it's, it's not happening. Yeah, it could be the Mets, could go back to the Mets, could be the D-backs. Uh I see JD could could probably go back to the D-backs, but um I don't know. I don't know who that guy is because I, I do agree that they if it's if it is someone that could DH, they're gonna have to play a little outfield just because I think Yoshida long term is gonna be uh getting more and more at bats at DH. Um but that just opens up the door to do something in the outfield. Like like who do you fear? I mean, maybe Casas becomes this guy along with Devers, but like who do you fear in the Red Sox lineup right now? I mean, last year you barely feared Devers until the end of the season. Right. Kind of like two thirds of the season. So not visually, really much. Visually, you can fear Devers because even when he's going bad, his swing is so yeah. vicious that you're like, it's it's still there. Like the threat is like he's threatening you with these swings and misses. But like, like he does just, that like huge swing, but then he's like crouching down with like when he hurts his like shoulder. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. No, he's. It's yeah. Not there. there was like a week or there was like a month last year where every time Costas was up, I was thinking he was going deep. But like, obviously, you need to see that for an extended period of time before he becomes anything close to like, like you said, visually. Yeah. Like Casas like in the second half was one of the best offensive producers yeah. in the American League. Uh, I think it maybe people didn't notice that because the games didn't really mean anything. They, there was no juice to them. And like uh, April kept his overall numbers down for a while. Like he finished with like the fifth highest OPS in the AL, but it took him the entire rest of the way to get there just because right. of the April. Right. You would never know that. Because the games yeah. were boring. The games didn't mean like they, they were never really grabbing your attention. Like this is a team that could get hot and, and get in. Like I never believed that. And I tried to like, you know, 
like people will just be like, oh, you know, like you're being negative. Like, no, like I just, I can't fake it. If I don't believe that this team can do it, I'm not going to fake it. And it's the equivalent of like shitting on the team when they're actually good. Yeah. Like, I remember turning into like tuning into the radio in 2018 and like, they'd be like, Hey, they're really good, but why are they always coming back? And it's just kind I of like, remember that. Why aren't you I just happy? With, like, yeah, they come back all the time, but would you rather them just like go down in the game and be like, all right, that's it. Yeah. It's over. It's, like that yeah. why it's not genuine that you're just digging for headlines at that point yeah yeah uh yeah i just i can't i can't fake it i've like i i don't know that that's not just like a sports or red sox thing either like i just can't fake it with like people either like if i like meet someone and i don't like them I'm, i can't pretend to like them i'm just like i just don't like you but with the, that red sox team last year i was like i just don't like you like i can't even <laughs> pretend to like you i tried i really did i really did try after after i think they split with the Braves twice. And for me, that was the only blip on the radar where I was like, okay, all right. Like, you know, if you're going to hover around and maybe get hot in August or September to get in, the fact that you can hang with the Braves says to me, like, if you get in, then maybe you can be like the Phillies of last year where, you know, you just get hot at the right time in October and maybe we can go on another fluky run. Um, but I just, yeah, whatever it was about that team, uh, it just, I had a bad taste in my mouth all year. And I, you know, I think that that's when, you know, you look at 2013 and that's what pissed me off. Like last year when people were trying to compare that team to 2013, like this is nothing like the no, 2013 no, team. No, But they just added these dudes that took the bad taste out of your mouth. 2012 was so bad, so miserable. I had the worst time. And then it's like Johnny Gomes. I like that guy. Koji Uhara, high fives. Yes. Shane Victorino. There was no way. Mike Napoli. I was like, I fucking love Mike Napoli. Vibes. Vibes matter. Vibes matter so hard. And they need to do something about not just like the roster, but the vibes. Like it is, uh, it's, 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 I don't want to say they're hard to root for, but if they get off to another slow start and there aren't moves that, fans can get excited about if they're just running it back but they're running it back without justin turner who is probably like one of the only players that people liked and was like one of the best offensive producers on the team you're gonna run this team back without that guy who is the veteran leader in the clubhouse especially when you just said that like possibility of him going to the mets and then if they also get yams like yeah i think red sox twitter would explode they've already exploded they they lost their shit over seth lugo i mean (laughs) that was awesome that so good analogy was perfect. What a day! Oh, a day. yeah, that was hysterical. Black. Yeah, it, it's a it's it's toxic out there. I'll tell you what, uh, I my mental health has has improved so much over the last year because I stopped reading like the replies. I will just talk my shit, throw tweets out there. I'm like, you guys can fight amongst yourselves. Go play with it. Smart. Yeah, I just I I'm so exhausted of trying to clarify something or defend a point. That's why all my tweets, like I'll make sure that there's enough information here where you know exactly how I feel and I don't need to defend it because this is how I feel. Take it or leave it. And if you need clarification, then you're probably just stupid and I shouldn't engage with you anyway. And there's always someone who's going to come in and and clarify it for you anyway. Like if if someone, yeah, like there's always other people. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned that. Like, yeah. Angels, those people. Yeah. Angels. Jared, we, you mentioned the toxicity, if that's even a word, uh, mm-hmm. on Red Sox Twitter and Red Sox Nation in general. 
do we think that this full throttle comment is going to be something that we talk about for a long time as something yes. they dearly, dearly regret? Or is it just a blip on the radar? Oh, no. The, if if the Red Sox are bad this year, it's going to be full throttle like <laughs> like that. It's going to be a full, it's, it's going to go all year for sure. If they're good, then they're going to embrace full throttle. And if they're bad, then it's going to be a sarcastic full throttle for the rest of the year. A hundred percent. Do you yeah, think they're discussing think... that internally? Like, Tom, what the hell, man? Why would you say that? I would hope so. But at the end of the day, like, who is that person to check Tom Warner? <laughs> Probably not. John Henry doesn't even know that he said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who else is going to check Tom Warner? I mean, Sam Kennedy definitely knows about it and wor- is worrying about it. But Well, they're definitely worrying about it. They have yeah. to. Sam, Sam is probably aware. He's definitely aware. <laughs> He's online. He he reads he reads Everything. the social medias. Uh but yeah, he he has a sense of humor though. Like he like his reaction, if I were to He guess, would spin it. He would spin it, right? This is the pitch, because I love the Sam Kennedy school of the spin. Mm-hmm. Uh it replaces the let's go Red Sox chant. Mm-hmm. Like at least that will disappear. Yeah, I have that. I hope that lives forever. That's my favorite. Oh, it will. I'll never let that die. Don't worry. Let's go Red Uh, Sox. Let's go Red Sox. Let's go Red Sox. Sox. So bad. I was there for that. I was sitting there behind the dugout because we stuck in. It was the 13 parade, and it was only season ticket holders allowed in there, but we just kind of like jumped in the line and walked in. And I remember he did that, and we're just like all looking at each other like, does he not know like how to do a chant? And was that before so, or after the, the boat oh. got stuck? Was it 13 or 18 when a boat got stuck in the uh, the uh, the track? Uh, I want to say that was 13. Okay. That was, a, that was a funky parade. The fact that he asked to start a chant before starting a chant is maybe... <laughs> he said like start, start a cheer. A cheer. Yeah. Start, start a cheer. Hey, at least he cares. Like That's like the inverse of like everyone complaining about never seeing John Henry. It, it's kind of better like i know chris always yeah. loves to try and talk to him and he's always kind of like upset that he never gets to talk to john mm-hmm. but the other side of the coin is like we don't have to deal with dumb comments all the time like we always see other owners and we're always making fun of what other owners say and maybe sometimes it's like pandora's box where it's like i don't want to open that because i know what's on the other side of it i at least could appreciate the body language of Tom Warner when he was at the Devers press conference. Like he seemed pissed. He seemed like, all right. I mean, how many press conferences have we had now where no ownership has shown up and it's an eyesore when they're not there. And I think the backlash was strong after losing Xander Bogarts, like PR had taken a huge hit. Um, Fans were pissed off. They, they paid, Rafael Devers, the the 300 plus million dollar contract and Tom Warner was there to be like, all right, enough with the bullshit. That's why when he said full throttle, it did something for me because his body language at the Devers press conference was like, all right, it, like I'm sick and tired of the Red Sox being the fourth most popular team in Boston. Here's here's the contract for Devers and we're not done yet. We're going full throttle next offseason. All right. Well, they've spent one million dollars on Cooper Criswell. Coop. Hey, I mean, like at least we got a Cooper on the team. Got a good Cooper. Four, yeah. four gold gloves added to the team. O'Neill mm-hmm. and Perez. There <laughs> doing you go. great. Oh, we're, the interest yeah. kings are doing it again. Uh, so last, we're going to wrap it up. Everyone's got one more question left. Uh, mine, very simply, uh, very similar to what 
I asked Chris, um, if you could go back and when you are writing your book, which by the way, 75 bucks on Amazon right now. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just like a collector's item because there's only a thousand made, but there's definitely less than a thousand out there because I still have like a couple boxes that I held on to. Oh, that's like Disney, like holding their old VCRs for like the vault. Yeah. Um, but if you could go back to that, Jared, while he's writing that and take one piece of content or blog that you've written and show him, and I, I'm not, we're not counting any videos from the uh, 2018 parade. Okay. We're, we're doing like strict, like scripted, not so much scripted, but content. Yeah. Um, are you, sh- are, what are you showing him and why is it or why not? Is it the yak, the genesis of it? The yak? Way back. Oh, I mean, if I can't pick the parade, because if I if I would, I would pick I would show like the the I mean, technically, it's not like the social media clips like there is like a compilation on YouTube of all of it. And like that's behind the scenes stuff. That's I would show him that because then I'd be like, hey, idiot, like this is the ending to the book. Like, don't end it after 2008. Like, that's so anticlimactic. Um, I'd be like, hey, like this is this is where it should end. But I don't even think at this point, I don't even think I, it would end there. Like, I still think that like. There's stuff that happened after 18 where it's like, you know, it's a lot of the good shit happened after 18. Um, oh, man. What would I show him? Um, so to maybe, be clear, not the yak. I mean, like the yak was such like people don't even like remember that I was on that show. <laughs> that was when it was Siri XM. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was me, Roan, and Big Cat. We started the Yak, and it was very sportsy. Like, they would talk about NFL, NBA, whatever. And then, like, a year later, and I tried, but a year later is when we branched off and you Kevin did got us on the Rockets, show. right? Yeah. And yeah. then Kevin was like, hey, would you want to be on my show? And I was like, that's definitely more my speed. Just like talking about like random, whatever, like funny scenarios and stupid stories. And I went to Dan. And I was like, hey, like, what do you think about this? I was like, what? Like, I was like, you know, you guys talk about sports. And like, I don't, I don't, I only watch baseball. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. Um, he's like, yeah. I mean, like, you know, if you, if you're more comfortable doing that, like we would hate to lose you. But um, if that seems more your speed and you think you'd be happier, then go do that. And I was like, okay. So I did. And then everyone like like for like the next year, people were like, "Yeah, Dan kicked you off the like." No, he didn't. Like, I didn't know that was a narrative. Yeah, people were like, "Yeah, like you know, good thing Big Cat kicked you off the yak." It's like, no, like the channel expanded no, to have. I'm, like, I'm cool not doing the wet wheel. Yeah, like the but that's the crazy part is that after I left is when they started doing all like the wacky bits. Yeah. Like it started as like a, a sports show, and then. Pretty much, I don't know, like a few months after I left was when it became like the wacky whatever show that it is now. Um, but yeah, um, fuck, I don't know. Like what it would have to like, I would have to show him the parade video that's on YouTube, like the compilation of of that whole day. I would have to show him that because uh, I mean, 18, 19 year old Jared was probably thinking like, man, like I'm going to write a book as a teenager. Like, how could it ever get better than this? <laughs> yeah, a lot. But yeah. A decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. Or, right. or 
I would show him uh, videos or clips from the live shows in 2018. Like before the playoff games. Yeah. That was wild. Yeah. All right. We've been doing a lot of pick one or the other. Mm -hmm. This one is not baseball related. Okay. This is right down your alley. Okay. WrestleMania comes around. Yep. It's CM Punk versus Roman Reigns. Who are you pulling for? Is it this WrestleMania? Yeah. Specifically? <sighs> um, Roman Reigns. And so here's why. Because I want Roman to break Hulk Hogan's record at this point, which means that he has to hold the title, I believe, until September. Uh, which is not impossible. I think CM Punk would be delighted just to main event to WrestleMania and put on a great match. I don't think he cares about wins and losses. Um, maybe he does. I don't know. But I think just like working Roman at WrestleMania right now is, is you know, I, you're, you're going to take that. Because also, he's he's probably going to, face Seth Rollins on night one. But if you have Roman, then you're night two, which is that's the that's the main event that you want to be in. I think that he would be happy just main eventing night two against Roman Reigns. And then if Roman wins, then he's definitely going to break Hulk Hogan's record, which is probably cooler at this point. And like they'll make him champion eventually. But I just don't think that after everything that's happened, that Triple H or anyone else would bring Punk back to end Roman's title reign. So, like, booking-wise, that makes the most sense, too. So, I'm going to go with Roman. I feel like I just made you pick a favorite kid. <laughs> you did. You really did. Because, like, like Kane was my favorite wrestler growing up. I stopped watching when he took his mask off. I started watching again when he put it back on. But then when I came back, Punk became my favorite. And I went back and watched all of his old shit, caught up to where he was. And then he left in 2014. And then Roman became my guy. So, I've just been a Roman guy. Ever since, I mean, basically since like the Shield, because I love the Shield too. So like since 2012, I've been a Roman guy, um, and now Punk's back, and they're both on top, and it's like, ugh, you got to pick a hill to die on at this point. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, like in Pearl Harbor. Culture. You guys see the movie Pearl Harbor? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like she's like in love with this dude, but then she thinks that like he's dead from the war, and then she ends up with his best friend, and then he comes back. He's like, oh, I'm actually alive, and it's like, oh fuck, like you're I'm with Roman. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's kind of that's kind of where it's at. I love punk, and I'm very much excited. I was emotional when he came back, but I think I think Roman's the right call in that match. All right, Jared. I think this is the last one we got for you. So one okay. of the weirdest days of my life was Big Poppy's estate sale. I want to say okay. it was back in 19 or 20, and I met okay. you there. Um, so I know you were there. I'm curious, and I know you've been to Big Poppy's house in Miami, but it's one thing to like go to his house in Miami. It's another thing to like pick through all his shit in Weston. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious, what was that day like? Did you buy anything there? What like what what was that day like for you? I did, I did buy. I think I bought the coolest fucking thing. What'd you get? And it was it was cheap. I for like the, it it had no price tag on it, and I just like I knew the value of it. But I don't think the person that was like ringing out my shit knew what it was. They charged me $3 for a DVD from his personal collection that had every single one of his career home runs on it. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's pretty solid. You watched it? Three bucks. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, three bucks and from three his bucks. personal collection. Like, how long is that? Uh, I don't know. I I bought on Amazon because obviously, like you know, who the fuck has a DVD player anymore? But it's like a USB that like connects to your laptop, and then like you put the DVD. So I have to like buy like a special DVD player for my laptop to watch it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like David, like I'm sure the Red Sox gifted him a disc that has every single one of his home runs on it, and then I bought it for three bucks at that his box. house. Yeah, and then I think Be I also cool. bought like uh, I bought like a glass just like out of his cabinet, just just to be like, yeah, yeah. this is like this is like a glass from David Ortiz's house. <laughs> yeah, we bought a couple of wine glasses. It was like three bucks a glass, like stuff. And I had friends buying laundry detergent from this guy. Like, I saw I, that. I bought yeah, like it was like a dollar. It was like you could get a better deal on laundry detergent at David Ortiz's house than you could just going to the store. I mean, I would buy laundry detergent if it was still available from David Ortiz's house. Like, I would do yeah, that. Of course. I'm trying that's to think a lot. I, the most random thing that I got, though. I, I know that that's not all, but that's all I can remember was like, I definitely bought like a glass from his cabinet and then I bought that DVD, which I was very excited about. Oh, you know what I bought? A fucking, uh, it's still in my closet. It's huge. But he had uh, like a NASCAR driver's like onesie. That it's like a all white and then it has like a yellow label right here that says like Ortiz on it. And it's huge. Like obviously like an it actual, it's, it's like an actual like the like suit a that they yeah. like a fire retardant yes. suit. Yes. I'm picturing yes. like a beekeeper's oh. uniform. It's it's like white, like heavy like material and it, it has, has to like be Ortiz. fire retardant, which means like you at some point you have to try lighting yourself on fire. In it. Oh yeah. With David Ortiz's <laughs> suit. Yeah. 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 It's in my closet. I think I've only ever, I can't remember if I've ever like posted a picture wearing it, but yeah, I bought that. <laughs> that rocked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going to be like a nice, like sleeping bag into like, if you go up to like Mount Washington and you're just like, yeah, I'm just, this is what I'm going to sleep in tonight, guys. Yeah. It's my, it's my, yeah. my big poppy NASCAR race suit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah Jared, Thank you for joining us. I mean, it's it's been an hour twenty. You're you're competing with the Catillo episode right now. Damn, um, I would never want to be on the same like breath as him. I mean, you're above. You could be above him in like fifty seconds. You're going to be above him. So right, cool. we typically do when we close out our podcast. We do enough saids. Uh, we all talk about what's been going on in our life, but we're going to give you the one enough said today. What is going on? What do you want to plug right now? Oh my god. Um, hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like uh, anyone that's listening, happy holidays. Hope you, uh, you know, get to spend time with your families. I know that uh, a lot of people are working hard out there. They don't always get to be with their uh, loved ones. So hopefully, you take some time to do that for the holidays this weekend. I know I will. Uh, I'm going to be driving all over the place. I'll be. Where am I? Like, I'm doing a bunch. I'm going to be in Beverly on Christmas Eve, then Saugus, then Bill Ricca. And then on Christmas Day, I'll be in Saugus and then Winthrop. So I'm I'm doing I'm going to be all over the place for, for the holiday season. So I'm excited it, about that. It, it's kind of unfair to have. That's like showing off that you have so many people that you care about. In your oh, life. it's all it's the bad. same people. They just like they're all like, yeah, it's like my girlfriend's sister's house and then my parents or no. My girlfriend's sister's house, my sister's house, then my girlfriend's house. Then on Christmas, it's my parents' house, then my girlfriend's family's house. So I'm like, it's it's all the same people. It's just like, why can't you guys just sit still? Why would just like one location? Yeah, like, like stop moving. And <laughs> it, like, that's that's the problem. Um, but happy to do it, you know? <laughs> it's for the kids. Hey, like, for the kids. It's for the kids. For, for the kids. Yeah, it's a, it's a holiday for the kids. 
So that has been Jared. He is of Name Redacted, a Red Sox podcast, along with Baseball is Dead. He was kind enough to to have a good time with us. I hope you have a great holiday. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully in the new year, we will have stuff next week. I don't know what you guys are up to, but I've got nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll we'll pump out something. But uh, happy new year if we don't catch you. And uh, Jared, thanks again. Hey, thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.